Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. We we always talk about the the misleading, sensationalistic headlines. I saw one the other day. It was like uh, home price growth drops at record levels, and then like the third sentence of the column was home prices are up seventeen point eight percent year over year. <laughs> yeah, too bad it's not nineteen point two anymore. You know, it's dropped to seventeen eight. Oh well. But that 1.4% drop uh, was historic, evidently. So, well, happy Friday, everyone. Rich Sorbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the rundown with Robin Rich, where we take you into the weekend by running through the week that was in the mortgage industry. And uh, as always, uh, pleased to be joined by my esteemed colleague, co host, and evidently a seventh grade teacher now, Rob Christmas. (laughs) Only when I wear a skirt. Rob is, for those uh, listening on podcast, Rob is in what appears to be a children's classroom uh, with Miss Crisman over his shoulder. I'm assuming that's your daughter, Rob, is a teacher? Yeah, she's a seventh grade teacher here in Larkspur, California, which is just north of the Golden Gate Bridge, kind of halfway, kind of part of the way between San Francisco and the Napa Valley for people who've come out here. And so, she teaches seventh grade at a Catholic school, and I gained access <clears throat> to the classroom. It's amazing what a pack of Milano cookies will will get you in today's world. So, but you know, I was looking at the the Milano cookies, Rich. I swear these these have gotten smaller. You know, these food portions. I think these little these Milano cookies have gone down in size. But what do I know, right? Well, size matters. And uh, by the way. It does. It it does. I, I had that in my commentary today. I had that in my commentary. Size matters. But uh, a shout out to Sean Carnes with Arvest. And Sean and I chatted ever so briefly uh, recently at an event. And uh, it was nice to uh, uh, to chat with him. And, and he also had some very nice things to say about me, not about you, but about me on the show. So hmm. thank you. Thank you, Sean, from, uh, from Arvest. Well, 18 months in, Rob, I knew we'd eventually get that first positive comment about you. So there he is. Sean. Start really yeah. rolling now. Um, this week, uh, really pleased to be joined by a good friend of uh, TMC. Used them to do a lot of stuff for our network. I've used them to do stuff in my prior lives. Uh, really, really talented guy in our industry. Steve Richmond. Steve, good to see you, man. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I, I, I'll I, shout out to Tim because he's saying hi to me on the bottom of the screen. I feel like I'm stuck in the middle of an episode of Billy Madison. You know how they send Adam Sandler back to school and he's got to go through seventh grade again. And we got Rob sitting back there at school. I'm a little worried about your daughter, though, because she has a big like broom handle or something that's sitting right over your right shoulder there, Rob. I don't know if she smacks the kids with that or you know, if that's a discipline tool or whatever. But I'm I think little- uh, I think that's one of those uh, those. Uh, things you turn upside down speaking stick or something and the like the like the uh uh insect carcasses or something kind of move down through the talking stick to the bottom oh like the kazoo thing that gets right yeah i got you no i do sound effects all day why not steve i'm happy to see you too Um, uh normally we have uh button down collars sometimes neckties on this on this show uh apparently you didn't get that memo 
I, as I told you, I have right. I was going to wear it. I had my um, T-shirt, my tuxedo T-shirt right there. You know, I like to party, but I'm a little serious at the same time, just like from that wonderful uh, Step Brothers. No, no, no. That was um, Talladega Nights. I'm sorry, the same guys. Mm-hmm. Two movies in, in uh, 30 seconds, Steve. We got to talk about something else. It doesn't take long. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it. And as always, uh, a lot of comments already in the chat and uh, the Q&A about uh, people loving Steve as a speaker. Uh, guy's done a lot of speaking uh, in the industry and uh, people commenting on Rob's snack of the day today, Milano cookies. But uh, Rob, uh, let's start with what has been a prevailing theme, um, starting the show by talking about the latest inflation data, tamer than expected Inflation data this week uh, really uh, viewed positively by all the financial markets, stocks, uh, nice little rally to end the week here, extending a nice little run here uh, over the course of the last month or two from from really historic low levels that uh, we saw in June. Uh, your thoughts on, on the inflation data this week and, and how it pertains to our industry? Well, uh, my son, Robbie was pointing out that who may join us at some point, by the way, Rich, mm-hmm. but he was noticing that treasury rates like the 10 year, if you look at last week and this week are almost unchanged mm-hmm. week in and week out, despite all this inflation news, despite you know all this, all this noise out there. And, and I'll come back to the noise statement later in the show, but Mortgage rates have been fluctuating a little bit, and it goes to show, as he was pointing out to me, that people or companies who try to hedge a locked mortgage pipeline with treasury securities expose themselves to basis risk because treasuries might be doing this and mortgages are doing this. It doesn't doesn't lead to a, a successful hedging program. So hedging like for like, hedging mortgages with TBA is very, very important, but the financial press obviously very focused on the consumer price index number uh, and then the producer price index number. And really inflation may not be back to 2% like the Fed has targeted, but it certainly appears to have leveled off and you know is, is quieting down a little bit. And part of that, of course, is due to gasoline prices, which have actually come down a little bit. Um, but the fact of the matter is to get some of this uncertainty out of the market. Generally, markets do not like uncertainty. And so to remove some of this potential uh, inflationary news has been a good thing. And the fact that the numbers have come in less than expected is also a very good thing. So we had the employment data last Friday, which we talked about on the show. Employment is definitely not a uh, recessionary type employment situation with unemployment being so low and hourly earnings continue to improve and non-farm payroll continue to increase. So the employment picture does not point to a recession. The inflation being under control, like I said, is certainly a good thing in terms of the bond market. And so we're in a situation where we continue to watch the news that comes out and how that news might influence the Federal Reserve uh, and the FOMC in terms of are they going to move? How much are they going to move? It's generally assumed, Rich, that they're going to move again. question is whether it's a half a point, three quarters of a point. But interestingly enough, 
if you think about the Federal Reserve and changing short-term rates, namely the overnight Fed funds rate or the targeted Fed funds rate, the yield curve is certainly inverted. And what has happened is, you might remember two or three, four months ago, intermediate arm prices were so much better than the 30-year fixed rate prices that you know everybody, all the credit unions and banks really were knocking it out of the park in terms of the three ones and five ones, even seven ones that they were offering. And a lot of the independent mortgage banks were, were crying foul and where can we find buyers for our intermediate arms and so forth. Well, as the Fed has raised rates, that, that advantage has really come out of the intermediate arm market. And so I don't hear much about that program or that, that type of mortgage anymore. And 30-year rates don't really look that bad. They 30-year rates have come down. I'm hearing rates, you know, low fives, maybe even high fours again. And so as we move through the summer and, uh, you know, here we are, you know, Marie's class starts. I, I, sh- I can show you around here a little bit. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, all the, all the, they're all ready. Wave, Marie. Say hi. Marie says Hi. <laughs> Um, you know, as we move toward the autumn, you know, it's like, all right, what's going on with home buying inventory? You and I keep talking about housing inventory and what's going on out there. I'm seeing a lot of for sale signs. So we're returning to a normal market in terms of inventory levels. Every place that goes up for sale isn't receiving 20 all cash offers. So the all cash programs have kind of simmered down as well. So it's interesting watching how these markets change as we move through the months and frankly, and I, I, I will say this till my dying day, apparently, but I just don't see a recession looming. We've had an inverted yield curve, but it's not as inverted as it was. We have strong employment. We continue to have strong balance sheets from families and corporations, people who have saved money through refinancing. And so I go to the airport, parking lot's full, restaurants in the middle of the week, full, and so forth and so on. And um, it just doesn't smell like a recession to me. But, you know, I've been wrong before and I'm not here to predict, uh, you know, economic trends. But I will say things are things are going pretty well from an economic perspective. That all said, I have been doing a fair amount of traveling recently. Last week I was in Chicago and then Michigan. And the the feeling is the volumes are down, let's say, 50 percent and margins are down revenues down. And when I talked to loan officers, in fact, I was talking to a very successful loan officer this morning and she was telling me, you know, she's, she's, she said, I'm almost embarrassed to say I'm not doing so badly. And I said, well, what do you do? What's your secret? And she said, I just, I just have a business model and I go about my, I'm go about my daily job. And I'm, I said, well, what'd you do yesterday? And she said, I was out uh, at broker open houses yesterday, all day, bringing you know food to, to open houses. And so that's what she does every Thursday, day in, or Thursday, every, every Thursday she's out there going to bro- broker open houses. And I said, so if I was a new loan officer coming into this business, what would you advise me to do? And she said, write a business plan and stick to it. Stick to it day in and day out and day in and day out and be consistent and do the same things. And don't be afraid of, you know, getting yourself out there. And so that leads directly as I'm sitting here talking to her this morning on the phone, 
I'm thinking Steve Richmond, Steve Richmond. This is, this is like Steve Richmond's sweet spot in order to like help boost productivity and talk to new loan officers and what to do and what not to do. You know, this is, you know, Steve has made a, a speaking career out of advising people and companies about what to do and what not to do and doing so in a much more entertaining manner than, than you and me, Rich. And uh, so Steve, I'm glad you're on the show. So Steve, what are you hearing out there for uh, loan officers who are, or, who are bemoaning their fate and worried about their future? Well, I'm going to, I got two answers to that, but I want to ask a question for something that you already said. You said about when the Fed gets back together, are they going to raise it half a point, three quarters of a point? Last week, when all the jobs came out, they said there might be an emergency meeting of the Fed before the next scheduled meeting. People were getting worried about that. I haven't heard anything about it since like it was initially. I was wondering if I missed something. It's not happening. Okay. I didn't think it was happening. I wanted to make There's it. no, there doesn't appear to be a great emergency out there right now. I didn't see it, but I was just asking, maybe I missed yeah. something. Um, a couple of things that, that you say, hey, I, and I love that, that you were talking to that woman and this is what she does. And I always say this, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. That is absolutely wrong. When the going gets tough, the tough get disciplined, the tough get organized and the tough follow a plan, right? All of a sudden, it, it, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? We, we can talk about what difference that even makes to the, uh, the loan officer that's sitting out there. Because what do you still have to do? If the pie shrinks a little bit, you just got to work a little bit harder. You can't. It was easy last year on a Friday afternoon to do what? To, to go play golf because, you know, the phone was just going to keep ringing anyway and it was going to keep going. Right now, you got to be disciplined to say, Oh, it's been COVID. Do I have to get out of bed? Yeah, you got to get out of bed. Do I have to make those five phone calls? Yeah, you got to make those five phone calls. Do you have to be involved on a Friday afternoon and not take the afternoon off? Right now, yeah, you do. Um, So I don't like that the tough get going. I like you get organized, you get disciplined, you follow your plan. The other thing, and I ask everyone to do this, you were talking about new LOs. I see some horrible things being written on Facebook and LinkedIn. And these people are saying, hi, I'm new to this industry. And people are like, run, get away. Don't do this. That is such the wrong message we want to be sending out. For the past, I don't know, five to 10 years, all I hear is, I mean, no offense to you, Rob, or to you, Rich, but I can't think of the last time I've been in a group like this and I have the most hair, okay? I mean, it's just crazy. We're, we're all getting older every day and, and we're saying, oh, oh, you're new to this industry? Get out. We need to be embracing these people to bring them in because we have to introduce that youth into this industry. Otherwise, then we have, we have much bigger problems if we're not helping them and embracing them and bringing them in. So get yourself disciplined, get yourself organized and start working with some younger people who are newer to it that still have that enthusiasm and that excitement to it. So are you, if if you were to, let's say you had a son or daughter who was, who really wanted to go into mortgage banking and they are thinking about going into origination, being an account executive, being a loan officer, or going in on more of the op side, capital market side, underwriting side of things, what would you tell them and why? 
depends which of my kids. So if it was my son, he's all risk. Okay. I mean, that kid, he, he just loves his calculator. He loves his math. That's where he is. He He's running commission structures for people on a computer stuff, you know, running data analytics that I just so don't even understand. My daughter, I'd be like, go for it, baby. I mean, because she can talk to anybody, lights up any room that she walks into. She, she is a born salesperson, loan officer. But the, the two things that I would say to her, number one, depth beats breadth. Depth beats breadth. Don't go out there and say, hi, I want to go meet a hundred real estate agents. Even before you start, go find three real estate agents and get to know them really well. And that's what's going to start to feed you. Understand what programs are popular and understand those programs really well. Because there's a million loan programs out there, but most loan officers, they do three to five of them. Uh, every loan officer that's listening to this right now, say that again, Steve. Depth, how deep you go, is more important than how wide the breadth that you go. The deeper the relationship, they're always going to come back to you. So um, I, I, I throw it out there to all of you that are online. How many of you as a loan officer have ever looked and your um, underwriter said, no, denied. And you're like, no, there's a provision in this that now accepts this loan program right here. We have loan officers that know more because they've because all these underwriters need to know 100 different programs. These LOs know these programs in and out. So if my daughter was getting into it, go deep with your, with your real estate partner. Go deep with the attorney that you're going to work with. Go deep with your product. Go deep with your processor and your underwriter. Right now, it's no time to be doing what? Oh, I don't trust them. I need to start doing that on my own. You don't have the time to go back in and take care of the mistakes that a processor and underwriter is making right now. You need to do what? Make sure that they're up to snuff and help them by giving them an even cleaner file so that they can get it through and explain any problem. That's going to make your life work so much better. So what would you say, let's say... Um, and I, and I know that you're out in, on the speaking circuit. I know that you're available for uh, to give speeches to companies and very good speeches, by the way. In fact, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they, your, your uh, email's in my commentary. So Steve, Steve's available. But let's say you were speaking to a room full of loan officers who had been in the business, you know, 10 years, seven years, whatever, and they were getting a little bit fatigued. And they were a little bit, I won't say downhearted, but they're, you know, they're, they need a little bit of motivation. They need a little tune up. What, what advice would you give somebody who's been in the business, like I say, eight or 10 years, who's, who's wondering, gee, should I stay in this business? Or, or they're getting a little bit weary of, you know, oh my gosh, another business cycle kind of thing. What, what, what would you tell a room full of those loan officers? Well, of course, my new, I don't even think you've seen this one yet, Rob, but it's a cynic's guide to motivation, success, and happiness. So that's my new presentation that I've been doing, which is exactly what you're saying right there. I love it. I got to plug myself a little bit. Um, what I would say to them, first off, it's all cyclical. Does anybody here think that people are going to stop living in houses? Does anybody here think that people are going to have so much money they're not going to need mortgages anymore? So, so th this is not a doomsday scenario by any stretch of the imagination. It's still a huge, unbelievable industry. You look at the numbers, we're going back to what they were 2018, 2019, pre-COVID. Guess what? You were all making money then. Everybody did great 2020, 2020, 2021, but you still did okay 2018, 19. So A, it's going to come back. 
B, if you've been doing this for seven to 10 years, the number one mistake that I hear those seven to 10 year people make is they say, well, I got my CRM, so I don't have to do that. I don't have to look at my existing customer base. I don't have to look at my database. Your database is a tool for you to leverage. It is not a replacement for you. Because I'm sitting here, I bought a house last year. My um, loan has now been sold twice. Every day I'm getting information from three different companies saying, hey, are you thinking about refining? Yeah, I got 2.75 last year. We're at 4.8, like you said. No, I'm not thinking about refining, even though you can refi because there's tons of equity out there. But you need to be doing something above and beyond your CRM, that personal touch, understanding your customers, knowing how long they've been there, that the average person moves every nine years, seeing if that person's been there nine years, is that time to move, telling them what's going on with their home values, showing them that, hey, it's still gone up, that it's not, we were talking beforehand, oh my God, now it's only up 17%, not 19%. It's the end of the world. No, you're still up 17% over last year. That's still a good thing. This is a great time to sell. So I'd be looking at that. There you go. There you have it. I think I think the to your point, and and a while back I heard I was talking to a loan officer and they were saying, oh, this is going to be a terrible year, a terrible year. You know, last year I made, you know, six hundred thousand. This year I, I'll be lucky to clear two fifty. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> you know, you 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 went to junior college or whatever, and 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 listen to what you're saying here. You're going to make you know all this money, and yeah, it's down more than fifty percent versus last year or the year before, but it's still a great industry and a great place, a great place to work. I mean, Rich we, people have expensive problems, right? Rich people have expensive problems. You shouldn't be living that 600. You're, oh, now you have to pay for the 600. Right. Look at it through the cycle. And this is another thing I would do right now, especially if you're a business owner. I'd be planning for right now, what should I be doing when this cycle ends? So now's the time that you want to beef up on your technology. Now's the time that you want to be ready so that when it hits, you hit the ground running because maybe you have a little bit of extra time right now. Now's the time to start implementing that technology and making sure everybody knows how to use it. There's the element yeah, I, as well of uh, just how all this all relates to the mortgage market. One of my favorite emerging stories right now is the the recent pretty drastic increases in credit card debt in America. Um, I don't know, Michael Burry um, was the guy that famously called the big short, that famously called the mortgage meltdown. He's a guy that a lot of the psychos on Reddit that I follow, investing people listen to very keenly, uh, came out and said um, that he made some comments that addictive consumer spending is signaling more trouble ahead. Quote, net consumer credit balances are rising at record rates as consumers choose violence rather than cut back on spending in the face of record inflation. Remember the savings glut problem? No more. COVID helicopter cash taught people to spend again, and it's addictive. Winter is coming. So, um, you know, and I bring that up because it's it's relevant to the broader economy and things that impact impact mortgage interest rates, but uh, homeowners right now have record levels of equity rates are starting to come down a little bit. And to your point, Robbie and Steve, that LO that's been in the business seven, 10 years and, you know, Rob's example about somebody had a down year, mixed quarter million. I mean, 
I have never seen an industry where more people without any kind of education for the industry <laughs> have came in and just made just truckloads of money. Rich, and, rich, pro pro sports. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but okay, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> wiffle but, ball, I mean, wiffle ball, rich. I mean, I think that's the future. This weekend, I I heard, I saw, read the New York Times, rich, that this weekend isn't this weekend the wiffle ball World Series. In in your area near Twinsbury, Ohio, it, it literally starts in 36 minutes. I am getting out of this seat when we finish here in 10 minutes and racing across the street to Liberty Park in Twinsburg. Where yeah, I just told you you're supposed to work Friday afternoons. You're not. I mean, unbelievable. The first thing that comes out of my mouth, Rich is like, nope, I'm doing the opposite. Here's what's going to happen, Steve. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Rich is going to either he's either going to get hit by a car racing across the street, or he's going to pull a hammy. <laughs> and then he's going to be, you know, out for the weekend. You know, I'm rooting for the hammy. Don't get hit by a car, Rich. Rich, Rich, you got to pace yourself, all right? If, if anybody wants to, World Series of Wiffleball.com, we have a lot of fun with the event. It's a lot of satire and amusement uh, factor to it. Is it, but, is it true that website, Rich, has a photo of you from high school with an afro? I didn't have an afro. I had a pretty legendary mullet in high school, though. <laughs> Uh, there are pictures of the- <laughs> <laughs> legendary closely guarded yeah so but yes the world series of wiffle ball 169 teams from six states descending on uh, twinsburg ohio this weekend so Descend- descending is the right word there but anyway we digress <laughs> well how, wait, wait, but how about that awesome kid who got in the little league championships who got hit in the head and then went out and hugged the pitcher did you see that one just the other day oh uh, that's what I'm talking about before. We got to be good to each other, right? I, it is. We got enough sadness and badness in the world. We can be good. You should be should be handing these out everywhere you go. Now uh, you heard how I used to use that to get on airplanes. That's an really? old one. I can't do. No, oh, yeah, I can't do it anymore. What, what, what do you do? What's, What's the, the deal? deal? What I would do is the way that I always get on an airplane when there was a delay or there was a problem and my flight got canceled. Everybody's waiting in line. I would never go in line. I'd walk over. I buy the peanut M and M's because everybody loves the peanut M and M's. I just walk to the front of the line, to the side, next to the uh, flight attendant that was there, and I just lay the bag right there on them. I say, "Man, I know you're having a tough day. I hope your day gets better." And I would just put it down there, and I just walk away. And they go, "Hold on, wait a second. What do you need?" And then they put me on the plane. It worked every time. And now they they they've cracked down a lot from being able to do that. So, wow. That's what I told people 10 years ago to do, but it doesn't work anymore. You know, in that, uh, I guess we're digressing from the mortgage uh, uh, topic here, but there, there's that film in, in uh, Goodfellas where Ray Liotta is taking, uh, is going down through the kitchen, you know, down through the kitchen to, up to the, up to the front of the, the stage, you know, get the best seats in the house kind of thing. You know, he's the, he's the guy, but yeah, I, I don't remember seeing any peanut M&Ms in that scene, but anyway, with, so with Steve. With this Gumar. What's that? With, with his Gumar. That's not, right. Not on that right. one. It was as actually it was the first time they went out together. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit of a movie file. So, but he, he's there with uh, Lorraine Bracca the first time and he's handing them all. The, the, and she goes, who is this guy? We walk right in. How does that work? Anyway. I'm in the, constru- I'm in the construction Gumar. business, yeah, right? Construction <laughs> business. So Steve, you, you travel a fair amount around the nation. Do you sense that the... And I mentioned that the loan officers who've been in the business seven to 10 years and giving them a little spark and a little coaching and motivation and so forth. Do you see new blood coming into the industry or do you still 
you know, I, I, I make jokes about the average age of the loan officer being 87 years old, probably not far from the truth, but anyway, do you see the aging loan officers leaving, exiting and, and people in their twenties and thirties replacing them? Or do you still see loan officers sitting there at their steel case desk with a potted palm in the corner and Rolodex on their desk? I'm finding that the younger LOs are coming into the places that feed them the leads or they're in the phone banks. So if you're looking for the real, the, the LOs who are calling on the real estate agents and driving the relationships, those are the people with the greater experience. The newbies are coming in doing a little bit more of, Hey, feed me my leads, working the phone banks, things like that. On average, that's what I'm seeing. All right. So you can see the chat, Steve, yep, see that from Mr. Abernathy. Why don't you read that out loud? And what would you tell him? Well, I all I saw was been here two weeks, but I'm not sure what else was on there. This is my second week in the industry. Uh, I just graduated from college and I'm working as a loan officer assistant. First off, the thing that I would tell you is you have to have a phenomenal relationship with your loan officer. If you're not getting everything out of that, you need to tell the loan officer what you need from them in order to make you successful. The loan officer that you're working for knows how to be a loan officer. He doesn't know how to be a teacher or she doesn't know how to be a manager and doesn't know how to train you, right? They're just saying, hey, I'm successful. Just copy me. It is. It behooves you to understand what you need what questions you need answered to be able to ask that loan officer to help them get you to that next level. You also need to start to ask that LO, how can I take more risks? I don't care if I sit next to you. Can I just do a dummy file that's sitting next to you of how I would think it through, how I would be able to do it so that you're you're still mirroring what they're doing and that's going through. I would also, and here, this is my, my old world right here, these MI companies do so much wonderful things for loan officers. You can go, and I'm not going to promote one over the other, but just about every MI company, you can go on there and says training for new LOs that is sitting right there online for free. So you can sit there and get a better education because what that LO is doing to you is saying, okay, here's what I need you to do to get this file closed. You need to look at that LO and say, this is what I need to do so that I learn more so that I can become you later. And one of that training for free that's sitting right there is at any MI site. That's a, that's great advice, Steve. That's truly value added because I've heard recently the, uh, <clears throat> do my Debbie Downer imitation here, but when companies are looking at cutting overhead, Oftentimes, it is that middle layer of management that uh, gets cut, but then the loan officer assistants are also subject to the possibility of, gee, your, your loan officer isn't bringing in, you know, five or 10 deals a month. So, you know, gee, miss or Mr. Loan Officer Assistant, we're going to get cut back. So the ability for a loan officer assistant to know what to do, how to add value and yeah, it's 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 sometimes it's tough to ask that, you know, especially if you're new to the industry and you don't quite barely know that there's a T in mortgage or or what a credit report is. Um, sometimes it's tough to do that. So I think that's that's very, very good advice. So but, thank you. But for a that. lot of people here, here's one else I'll throw at you. 
A lot of people are nervous about losing their job. Totally get it. But here's what usually happens. If you're with a larger company, they come in and they say, hey, we got to cut by 10%, or right? It's not like you're looking at the person that they're aiming to a number. We got to get rid of 10%. So when you're looking at 10%, you got person A and you got person B. They're pretty much the same person. That's Debbie Downer, like you were just saying, Rob. And this person is always smiling, always is willing to help. They, they have the same skill set. But who, who are you going to get rid of? The person who's always complaining and is always down or the person who's always going to be happy and says, I'm just happy to be here. Boom. Be that person. Make it hard for them to want to get rid of you. Yeah. That's why I went into capital markets, Steve, because, you know, uh, anyway, that aside. Dude, Rich, you are Rich. a lot of fun once you break through. I, everybody who's listening, I'm telling you, Rob Prisman is a hoot. He just doesn't want you to know it. <laughs> Different. No, there's there's a different Robert Christman in this room, by the way, who is who is uh, more of a hoot. He's sitting sitting over there. Bobby. Yeah. So speaking of of Rich and his mullets, um, Steve, what what do you tell loan officers new to the business or even existing loan officers to pay attention to in terms of uh, the economy? Do do. I continue to hear stories, and maybe I'm stealing a little bit of your answer here a little bit, but when you talk to somebody who's been in the business for quite a while, they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I was doing just fine when rates were at 12%. I was doing just fine when rates were at 10%, 8%, and so forth. In your mind, when you're talking to a group of loan officers, whether it's three loan officers or 300, how much do rates matter to their success? Or is it purely them and their motivation and and what they do on a daily basis? Depends what they're selling. So there are loan officers out there that say, hey, you know what? I'm worth an eighth of a point. I mean, you look at what's an eighth of a point on a $200,000 loan. That's three bucks a week, four bucks a week. So if you're not providing that value add, you're going to lose that eighth of a point. But guess what? The next day, somebody's going to be an eighth of a point lower. If all you're doing is selling rate, you, you, you can't survive. you got to come in there and say, I call it, and I'm not trying to be um, sexist when I say this, but I call it, I got a guy theory. No matter what you need, I got a guy for it. I'm not just getting you a mortgage. Oh, you're buying a house? I got a guy who's going to do your... Um, uh, uh, the windows. I got a guy who does that. I got a guy who's going to put in the alarm system. I got a guy who does the landscape. They have a million questions about how to do things. Have that extra value add so that the person doesn't worry about an eighth of a point on rate. That, that That's so critical to have happen. The other one that I'll throw out there, and this is from Doug Duncan. And I he taught me something a long time ago. He's the chief economist for Fannie Mae. Um, great guy. I know you. You both have met him. He says, uh, you're, talking, "You're talking about you're talking about Doug Duncan, not Todd Duncan, right?" I said Doug Duncan, didn't I? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry, Marie. Marie was cutting paper back that I couldn't hear. Uh, well, we could talk about what Todd Duncan said. How how he said one great on this show three weeks ago when he said the average loan officer who's doing well has been with their company for 14 years. That's a direct quote from him on this show. See, I'm a I'm a first uh, long time listener, first time caller. So you, you got to look at it that it was 14 years. So don't always go chasing the lower rate. Don't go chasing people want you that that you've stayed there. But what Doug said, Doug Duncan, chief economist for Fannie Mae. 
He says, you were talking about inflation. There's inflation, there's core inflation. What's core inflation? Core inflation is when you throw out um, energy and food because that's more variable. Does that include that unemployment? Does that have the underemployed? Doug says, never ask those questions. What you want to look at is the trend. Don't look at the number, look at the trend. Same thing with interest rates right now. Yeah, went up to 6%. Stop looking at the number of six and say, oh my gosh, look at the trend. Here it is. It's coming down. It's between 4.8 and 5.2. So now the market has improved for that. And you show that to the customer makes them much more happy. Show them the trend, not the number. Good stuff. I'll go ahead, Rich. Are you still here? I, I didn't know you were still here. I thought you'd raced across the street to the wiffle ball took a, took a quick arena. What, is, what does wiffle, is wiffle ball played in an arena or a stadium or in a park? Uh, in a cage. In a cage. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, it's, played, it's played on fields that we create using the real outfield fence of a real baseball field as the wiffle ball fence. And it, it's like a hundred foot home plate. So you, you've got essentially, we've got 14 fields lined up in the outfield of four large baseball fields. So 14 wiffle ball fields. So Pl- Plastic bat, metal bat, wood bat. What's the bat made out of? We go old school, hard, hardcore, the old school wiffle ball, skinny yellow bat and the eight hole ball uh, with no, you know, uh, male enhancement products or added to it or anything like that. Yeah. Has has a bat ever splintered and, and uh, something been found inside the bat? In the early days, absolutely. We caught people loaded bats and, you know, things that they were bringing in to scuff the ball. So hang on, I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in a wiffle ball uh, expert here to, uh, to weigh in. The the truly talented Chrisman. He he has, he has game. Rich is running the wiffle ball. Robbie, are you a wiffle wiffle ball? ball You play wiffle ball, Robbie? I did. You know, he was a left-handed wiffle ball pitcher in the 60s, but then they converted him to righty because left-handed people were taboo, so he lost all his skills. Yeah, story of my life. Lost your skills in the 60s and your 30s. That's early to start eroding. (laughs) Same old stuff. Did you say eight-hole wiffle ball? I think it's eight holes. I might be wrong. Yeah. Wow. It's the traditional. Anyway, so we're once again digressing away from more – Rich, is there anything you want to ask a, a 30-year-old about home ownership, about what his what his brethren are thinking about, what where the mindset is in terms of wanting to own a home or wanting to be renters the rest of their lives? Well, yeah. Since we have a you know an authentic 30-year-old, we read all the stats about how the, you know buyers that age are allegedly so dispirited and you know, are angrily on the sidelines waiting some mythical uh, crash of home prices that we'll never see because demand's too high. But uh, Robbie, uh, is the, the, can you dis, uh, defute those uh, claims or what is the mindset of a 30-year-old? Home I, I tell my friends it's not a bad time to, there's never a bad time to buy real estate. I don't see there being enough supply out there in the market where we're going to see some sort of drop that people are crossing their fingers for in home prices. And, uh, you know, in terms of building wealth, there's there's been no better vehicle for for that than owning real estate. And so uh, I, I think it's a, a great time for people to, to get in there. Refinance rates in a couple of years, if, uh, if you're worried about how high they are right now, you know, there's economic cycles. Going back to Steve Richardson's point, look at the trend, look at the trend on just, you know, the appreciation values of homes historically. And yeah, to your point, Robbie, right? No better way to build wealth than to buy real estate, sit on it, take good care of it and, and make good decisions with it. So 
Um, well, there was a ton of stuff in the chat in the Q&A we really didn't get to today. I, I really apologize. Some things about housing supply, how underbuilt are we in homes? Rob eats a lot on the calls. How does he stay so thin? Uh, the A good one here. Elephant in the room is LO comp. LOs want lower rates, but want more comp. The broker channel is aggressively touting 250 basis point LO comp plans. How should IMBs address? That's a great point in question. I Many have lamented to me that they feel like brokers are going to pick up a lot of market share uh, this next year. I'm not so sure. I agree. Steve, Richmond, any any thoughts on the broker versus banker market share wars? Everybody's looking at they're running their own PLs. They're trying to figure out where they can shave it. Uh, you, you got some people that are out there saying, hey, guess what? If you get rid of once again, back to that middle management thing, it's not about me taking a point off of yours. You get the whole thing. So we're put it's moving towards that broker, but by the same token. There's a lot of benefit to being the lender as well. It's a big fight within the industry. And quite honestly, I'm a little bit disheartened that it's turning a little ugly. It has got ugly. Rob, Rob, any thoughts? Broker versus banker, how that could play out over the course of the next year? No, Steve Steve summed it up. The No, um, I... I, I don't quite know what to say other than I would not want to have my livelihood right now based on owning a wholesaler. I don't think call Matt Ishbia that. He said he controls the margins in the industry. A very uh, godlike uh, statement. So, he said, yeah, I unless the margins. you run you run up against a couple of company, companies from Michigan, and suddenly the margins get wonky and. You bring you bring You're Frank right. Martell in the Lone Depot. He's like, I'm, I am not playing in the same pig pen as those maniacs. I'm out of wholesale. Yeah, and I know a lot of those whole, whole uh, Lone Depot folks. In fact, Robbie set up a podcast system for Lone Depot wholesale. So uh, it is too bad. I mean, you kind of say, well, you know, shrug, and they actually wore. I don't know if you can see it. The uh, Greenwich Capital. Greenwich Capital was a broker dealer back in the 80s and 90s. I think they're long gone, but I, I didn't have my countrywide shirt on. Um, you know, c- companies come and go, but the individuals who come out of those companies, you really see the human aspect of, of it when a company goes out of business like Lone Depot or, or ends a channel, stops stops producing. And so uh, there's this huge human element that's out there, which we can't forget about. And so I hope I hope everybody who's been displaced lands on their feet, but yeah, it's a very, very tough environment right now. Um, Very tough environment, especially in wholesale. Mr. Richmond, um, loved having you on this week. This was awesome. Any, uh, any parting uh, words of uh, wisdom for our audience as uh, we take this thing into the weekend here? Enjoy. Be happy. It's gonna be okay. It's just a cycle exercise, enjoy your family. Life is beautiful. I love that. I just, the pandemic, customer service, how many people are uptight and easily annoyed or offended by things? It's just gone up so dramatically. I I hope that is not a a longer term trend, but I echo Mr. Richmond's uh, sentiments there. So uh, Robbie, any any words of wisdom to uh, take us into the weekend here? I was told by your handlers that we could use someone with a little better hairline going forward. So uh, it's good. all you viewers out there, look look for me coming back on the show in uh, future weeks here. <laughs> Follically challenged. And yeah, Rob, 
is going to be out of the pocket for a few shows in September. So we're going to be bringing Robbie into the mix to uh, keep the Chrisman uh, tradition alive with the rundown. So looking forward to that, Robbie. Rob, what do you got going on this weekend? You you eat nothing but junk food. We know you play lots of sports and are very active. You got some, right? Um, yeah, playing some hoops tomorrow morning. And then um, Monday I head to Orlando for the uh, Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals Conference. There you go. So I'll be there for a lot of next week, getting some new insight on what they're having to say in, in Florida. And I think the attendance actually is very, very good. So I'm looking forward to that. So if anybody's in Orlando next week, please say hi. Outstanding. Excellent. As always, thank you very much to our attendees for wrapping the week up with us. We're here live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern with the rundown and with Rob and Rich. Rich, Rich, watch, watch for those pitchers, you know, with the with the Vaseline in their hair, putting a foreign substance on the wiffle ball. I, I joke, I tell the the, the players we have snipers on the roofs so uh you know to to watch for ball doctoring and bat stealing so but yeah so we'll see hopefully i don't get a sunburn this year so uh yeah wear sunscreen wear a hat all right uh as always uh thanks again steve richmond thank Thank you you. robbie and uh to our attendees have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you next friday take care thanks Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.